0: Hey, everybody, Chris here, welcome you, welcoming you in to episode six of the Fused Relativity podcast.
1: How are we doing this fine evening, John? Doing well. I've been busy quite a lot this week. And that that sentence didn't sound right. <laughs> Kirk, a.k.a. Mr. Boombastic, how are
0: you this evening?
2: Boom-bastic. Mr. Boombastic is doing, you know, I'm doing great. I did not accidentally kill myself with a potato uh earlier today so i'm very happy
0: okay we're gonna need some <laughs> I gonna say
2: yeah I, I, okay in, in the kitchen a light bulb burnt out i went to change it and it broke so i had a broken light bulb so ah. i had to do the i saw it on an episode of home improvement where you cut a potato and then you jam it in there and then it, the shards stick in and it works it actually so
1: i've used uh, that trick I myself did,
2: Exactly. So if you ever know, like, I was half expecting me to be electrically shocked and then wake up surrounded by curly fries, which would not
0: have been bad. I mean, if you're gonna wake
2: up unconscious, uh, too conscious, and there's curly fries next to you, you're like, eh, it's okay.
1: Especially <laughs> if they're from Arby's. Just yeah, I was saying. gonna say, yeah, Arby's curly fries. That's the spot.
2: That's right. All right, give us some, give us some free curly fries, Arby's. Seriously, we're promoting you. Come on, give
0: us. <laughs> Well, uh, I am excited that you changed your name yet again. Seems like we've got a uh, recurring thing. Everybody will be singing Mr. Boombastic from now until the
2: end of of, That was actually my bowling name when when I would go. (laughs) So like whenever I throw a strike, I'd be like, strike Mr. Boombastic. So it was fun to see flashed up on the screen.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. I mean, you know, make it fun. Well, I. I think we got a pretty good show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh we're gonna have some good conversation about robotics and automation and kinda how we feel about the way it's moving forward and mostly if they are gonna steal our steal all our jobs. But uh I can't wait to hear what John and Kirk have to say about this, so I think we should just jump on in.
2: Yeah, let's get to it. Let's let's talk robots.
0: So Kirk uh, don't don't <laughs> do the robot.
2: I'm doing the robot right now. How did you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> I could I could hear it in your voice.
2: My, man. So <laughs> wah, wah, wah.
1: Okay. Yeah, so the uh a lot of things that I've seen say that automation isn't it's coming definitely but not anytime soon and I disagree with that. Mostly because of the things that are already being tested and tested without a lot of press. Like, I want to say it was it was either last year or the year before, they had a Semi that autonomously drove across the country. Uh, there was obviously a driver inside with the, the truck, but the truck did all the driving itself.
2: So the driver is essentially – he was riding shotgun, letting the the robot drive the whole time?
1: Essentially, yeah. And I think specifically long-haul trucking is going to be the the big focus of automation because it's going to – and I'm not talking about driving in a city or anything. I'm just talking about driving from New York to San Francisco using just the interstate. If there's a truck that can do it in one sitting, it's going to be way more profitable than having – you know, a driver try and do it in twice the length of time.
0: They're going to have don't... to
2: don't. They have to take rests and, like, it's legal. Like, you can only drive this long, but robots yeah. can just keep yep. going. Especially
1: oh. if it's an electric truck. And the battery is, you know, I mean, a car can get 300 miles. And if they doubled or tripled the capacity on a, a semi, it could potentially get, you know, 1,000 miles before it needed to to charge
0: well but don't you think you would still have to at least have someone in the truck just to you know monitor everything in case something went wrong
1: oh absolutely at least to start um and i know we kind of talked about this earlier in the week but having a a, a full certified truck driver in the truck starting it's going to be what happens but as the technology progresses and as it becomes more and more safe and more and more proven, the the level of knowledge needed to be behind the seat of the truck is going to decrease to the point where you're just hiring someone to sit in the truck. And if it goes wrong or something goes wrong, the truck will pull over and the person's job is just to babysit the truck, not necessarily drive it or anything like that. Because well, is, it,
2: is there even going to be a uh, I'm picturing like sort of a, actually a robot, sort of like actual person sitting there driving it. Is it going to be like that, or is it going to be more uh, everything is more kind of computerized or something where it's just is there going to be an actual robot there?
1: No, 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 just computerized. Okay, but and so that like the,
2: the trucker, the trucker isn't going to have to teach a robot to like Hank Williams. No,
1: like no, Hank no, 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 no,
2: okay, okay.
1: Um, and that's also, my question
0: my <clears throat> my other question is is I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to hire someone to drive through the city, you know the final mile, as it were, yeah, but what's gonna happen to all the truck drivers who you know they rely on long
1: haul trucking as their industry of work well, and that's that's the problem is you have, and I don't remember the exact statistics, let me see if I can look it up but it's it's an absurdly high amount of people that are hired as um, long-haul truck drivers.
2: Yeah, you always see the... I mean, you see Ooh. now hiring, driving... Yeah, as as someone who job hunts a bit all the time, that one seems to always be hiring. That seems to be like they're... But I, I keep hearing they're, they're shrinking because of automation and they don't need as many uh, because in five years I've heard it's all going to be automated for interstate.
1: Well, and that's, yeah. Wouldn't it
0: be easier for like a fast and the furious situation for someone to just like hijack a truck if nobody's
1: driving it? Well, but I mean, there's a reason why that's in a movie. And i not to say that doesn't happen. It's just having someone in the truck versus having something that's automatic and being monitored from you know one point in the somewhere in the country because the amount of cameras that would have to be on an automatic or an autonomous semi would be ridiculous
0: well that's very true there would be tons of cameras yeah um and i from basically so what i'm what i think i am hearing you say is that uh you don't think that it's a problem to replace the workers with robots?
1: No, I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's definitely a problem, but it's something that's going to happen. Because at the end of the day, whatever is cheaper is going to be the route that companies go to maximize profits.
2: Yeah, it seems like corporations, if they could just eliminate people, that would really help their profit margin. That's what they're well, going for.
1: And you know what? Thinking about it, um, it, it just popped into my head of why would you necessarily need a person in the car if you're also connected to the Internet? Or Well, if the truck is connected like it would be with an autonomous truck, you could have one person potentially remotely driving that truck from anywhere in the country.
2: Well, I, I'm picturing I'm not even anybody were driving it with the remote control or anything. Like I just picture like GPS, you put in the coordinates, you go to this place and it just some it just goes there is what I'm picturing. Is that right? No, wrong? no.
1: That yeah. Sorry, what I should have uh um been more specific. If there was an issue you could have one person that was monitoring a fleet of trucks and if an issue arose, then they could take control of the truck remotely. And get it off to the side of the road, or you know, get it someplace safe without actually having to be in or near the truck.
2: Okay. Well, actually, I sent you one the the clip of where it's basically the the they're working on where cars will drive the delivery package to the house, and then they because to save on insurance, if there's no driver, you don't have to have to worry about insurance, so it's cheaper. And then what happens was they they're figure, they're working on a robot. That will physically go walk up to it, and it, it it'll, it's, once it does it a couple times, I guess it it'll, it says it can recognize where you want the package put, or it, and then it says it'll it can navigate like there's like a tricycle or somebody in front of it, and the, the funny part too was it says like it, we didn't arm them, there's no weapons on it, like that's the why would anybody do that? <laughs> hey, the thing that's gonna go deliver the box needs a machete. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, and that perfectly segues into kind of our next point was that's the next job that corporations are probably going to try and automize is delivery. Because my thought is if Walmart could get away with only having like one or two stores per city and the rest being just warehouses where they ship off, you know, delivered goods, like they've been pushing pretty heavily. I mean, Target, Walmart, Safeway, all of them have been going to this same day delivery stuff. Um, what's to stop them from? I,
2: I, well, I heard Walmarts are actually going out of business because everybody's just doing it online. Like I've heard actually Walmarts are closing because. It's just all through the, the people are just <laughs> getting it delivered.
1: Well, and that's. Well,
0: oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was just going to say this is, you know, part of my industry that I unfortunately work in, but the uh yes exactly (laughs) i wish i would have thought of mr Bastic as my no i'm just kidding uh the um so if i just don't see how you could be as productive with automated units as a person when it comes to deliveries of of packages whether it be big or small and there's a lot of user interpretation that goes on throughout the day that I feel like a robot's just not going to be able to handle.
1: Well, you're not wrong. But if we look at Kirk's example, where they're using robots to deliver the packages with uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, then... Is there a way to pull it up, by the way? like, and
2: I, I, I sent a clip. I don't know. I I was going to say,
1: I don't know if I got it, but if let's say you have this fleet of trucks and you replace it with autonomous trucks and robots to deliver the packages, robots don't cost that much to, sure, they cost a lot up front, but you could potentially have way more robots and way more trucks Without having to worry about having the people behind them, so if
2: they, they want to get rid of people, yeah. people are a pain in the ass because people have feelings and they get sore and they might want to see their families, but robots don't. So let's screw people and just have everybody sit at home and have stuff delivered to them, and well, then they can just have a job where they email people and annoy each other.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I, that's that's where it would oh. come down to is that. Robots are cheaper, so you yep. could have way more robots per let's say you have you have a delivery company and you have ten trucks with ten drivers and you service a city. Well, if those ten trucks and ten drivers cost you the same as a hundred robots and a hundred trucks over the course of ten years, you could have a hundred trucks going. And... Robo-
2: robots don't need healthcare. Robots don't need pensions. Robots, exactly. There's a lot of stuff robots don't need
0: that people until do. they until they get a better union than we have.
2: <laughs> See, that's that's. I think to be honest, that's our only hope. Is like we're all of the warehouse workers are going to be placed by robots, and then the robots, because they're smarter and more efficient, are going to unionize and then demand higher wages, and then the corporations are going to lay them off and then have to bring us back.
1: Well, and that's already starting to happen. If you've seen some of those high-tech, I'm assuming it's Japan or Korea, some of the warehouses they have there, the floors are just littered with robots, you know, shuffling around packages and taking them to where they need to go. That's definitely a future that's already happening. But theoretically, you would
0: still need people to be able to service robots. So there would be a lot of job openings for, you know, maintenance of that of the yeah, robot
2: maintenance is going to be a big thing i would if if you have a young and somebody in high school tell them to study robot maintenance
1: you're not wrong though i mean that's that's definitely one of the careers that will probably um well,
2: it's that it's that or food delivery or delivering people the food those seem to be the only two
1: other options <laughs> well and like with the the robotic deliveries again if they could throw them on drones or in an autonomous car with a robot, why would you need humans driving it around when you can just load up a van with a bunch of food and off it goes? I mean, wrong, uh, I was going to say Walmart. That's not right. McDonald's has already shown a proof of concept of a fully robotic store. I was going to say rest. Well, I guess it's technically a well, restaurant. Yeah, have
2: you seen the touch screen? Like, I don't, I don't even – I'm I'm too old. Like fast food is terrible. But I went into P, and there's I saw the touch screens and like I guess they're just kind of introducing it. But a couple of years that'll be the norm, right? They just, well, yeah. You you just punch it in. You don't talk to anybody. And that there's a couple of people that just go do, get your order for you. Now my, the
0: problem is, is Amazon already tried that with like a self, you know, automated run convenience store, and it didn't work.
1: Well. And that was just the first of many that will come. I mean, once someone successfully figures out how to do it, it's just going to snowball from there. Like, so I, I would guarantee that if most retail stores could get rid of cashiers without having to worry about too much uh, loss prevention, they would absolutely do it.
2: Well, and, yeah, already, the, the, with the scanning, the, the self-checkout, they're already trying to do it. Like, you go, I go to the grocery store. There's a dozen, uh, I like checkouts. Uh, nobody's there. There's one actual person, and then there's the self checkout. They're trying to art. They're trying to push you to getting used to not seeing a person anymore.
1: Yes, yeah. and I say I'm with you, Kirk. I I'm, I would always prefer to have someone physically check out my items because I hate the self checkouts, and the fact that they're just being forced more and more it's yeah just one more step towards automation i may be the old stick in the mud get off my lawn
0: guy but i'm i'm really kind of pushing against the whole automation thing because i'm wondering like how do corporations uh handle the implement implementation and control of robots because if they just figured it out tomorrow and said look this is how we do it and then they laid off all the workers you know what's
1: the socioeconomic impact of that it's not going to be good no and that's that's part of the problem and there's been a lot of really good su- suggested solutions to it like heavily taxing the robotic workers to subsidize like a universal basic income type deal Which, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, Well, I I imagine they would transition in slowly. You know what I mean? There'd be a fate. I don't think it's going to go from zero to 60 like that. But, uh, I mean, it happened like, you know, RoboCop. I mean, it's going to, the sequel was Roomba Cop, You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, it's going to clean up the city uh, unless there's stairs. So, it's going to, you know, shake things up. Like, there are, the robots are, you know, short circuit, Johnny Five, they're slowly working their way in, and then we're just going to, eventually, I think they're just going to, the robots are going to take over everything,
0: right? Yeah. Well, the problem, the problem is those, back to what you were talking about, John, the, uh, uh, you know, if you tax, okay, you tax the corporations for using the robots, and then you have a you know, some sort of uh, universal income for everybody. I just don't know that that's the best solution because people need to work. Well, I'm not saying people stop working. You lose your innovation and ingenuity. No, I,
1: I completely agree, but I think work as a whole might change with it. I mean, just look at the last year. Um, I think entertainment is going to be a big one in the future and as it's posing now i mean look at us we're we're live streaming on twitch uh, and creating content for other people to enjoy and i think that's going to be a big step into the future because i mean outside of high higher education related jobs like kirk was saying with the robot and uh repairs there's not going to be too much if automation goes fully like just ramps up to a hundred and takes over a lot of the industry
2: well and what you're saying uh basically i started the pandemic i was working in an office and during the pandemic we started working from home so, are you saying that the entertainment is going to be more important just because more and more people are going to be having less and less contact with human beings, like in an office setting? So they want to they want to well interact with people through podcasts or, or you know through the internet that way.
1: Well, and just in general, like traditional media is slowly dying. Like I haven't had TV or cable in ten years. My kids all yeah. watch YouTube or Twitch. I watch majority of, you know, like Twitch or YouTube of creators I like.
2: Yeah, when kids don't have the attention span for TV, that's a it's a little <laughs> – that sounds bad.
1: Well, it's not that they don't have the attention span. It's just – it's more focused, and it's – I mean, I'm sure you remember growing up, because I sure do, going to watch something <laughs> on TV – I don't remember you growing up, Kirk. I, I, I've I never actually <laughs> met you.
2: It would be creepy if you did, kind of when you said that. I'm like, all right. That a little...
1: But, like, we used to come home from school, and if we got lucky, there was something good on. You know, and Saturday morning was the prime time for watching cartoons. And yeah, then, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Looney
2: Tunes and then wrestling.
1: And Sunday was, you know, hit or miss on what was on. Like, my kids don't have that problem. You know, they find found people that they enjoy watching, and they'll go back and watch stuff over and over and over again, which is something, you know, growing up, I never had the ability to. If I I want... mean, yeah,
2: we have li- limited choices, and they can they can dial in exactly what they – they can YouTube algorithm it down to the finite, exactly what they want.
1: Well, and not just YouTube, but Netflix and any other thing where streaming or – where the the content is readily available and easy to watch. I don't know how we got on this. <laughs> Neither, but I was just going to say I'm I'm kind of in
0: a going back to my stick in the mud thing cuz I'm going I don't even like it when it when it tells me what I like. I'm like, I don't think a robot should know as well as I do what I want to watch, but thank you I suppose for bringing it up. Uh I'm, you know, if I want to watch a rerun of some show, I think I want to feel like I did it, not the robot.
1: You well, don't want to feel pushed into it, is what you're Yeah, saying. exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 I just remembered how we got started on this. But I think content creation as a whole is going to be a big part of the future. Like if you – there are hundreds of thousands of successful um, people that make content on YouTube. And I think that's only going to grow as
2: – At a certain point, it seems like it's oversaturation. Like where can you – find? I mean if, seriously, if everybody has a podcast, how
1: can – it's – at a certain point, how do you find anything? And you're absolutely right. And that's, that's another problem that needs to be solved because without – I'm trying to think of like ten different things at once here. But without access number seven. <laughs> number seven. Like there will always be jobs available, but I think the biggest problem is the entry level, the high school level jobs are definitely going to be going more towards automati- automation. Question I had for you was something along
0: the lines of one thing that we have to worry about this day and age is like hackers and malware and all these different cyber attack kind of things. Uh, How do we prevent people from taking advantage of robot workforces and completely wrecking a company? Now I know that's kind of going to have to be figured out as we go, but it seems like it's a bad scenario for people who may put a lot of their effort into
1: an item that can be generally easily hacked into. Well, not generally easy. There usually has to be some way to get in. And realistically, even with um today's smart cars, there's only and I, I vaguely keep and you know watch out and look at articles about it. But sure, there have been people that have been able to hack into these smart cars, but they're it's a small number. And uh especially with ones that are connected to um the their own ser- or you know, their own company servers and stuff like that. The hacker would have to get into the company servers then to get to the car. Whereas what you're talking about with the malware and all that stuff, it's usually the exploits are usually through like Wi Fi or like you said, with downloading programs and malware and that type of stuff. Just, you know, the futuristic hacking into a computer and controlling what they see isn't really a thing unless uh, unless you download the malware or the virus or the Trojan onto your computer first, if that makes any sense. I, I mean... I get
0: it. I'm just, you know, trying to touch all the bases of why I think we shouldn't automate the workforce.
1: Well, no, and I agree with you. I just don't think there's going to be, we're not going to have too much say in the matter. Like, there will <clears throat> be certain jobs that will be safe, but as far as, like, like I was saying, the income, or income, entry-level jobs, the high school-level jobs, those are gonna be the ones that are going to be, I think, automated first. Outside of, I think long haul truck drivers will probably be first, but with other stuff following shortly after. And I I, I did have this thought and it's a,
0: boy, it's a long trip. So just kind of stay with me for a second, but think about this. So if you have robots who take jobs from a lot of people, and then you have a group of robots whose job is to create robots. How long before they re like start to treat in an evolutionary way, kind of like their the robots that they're making are their children, and then they start to, uh, you know, switch their brains a little bit and get like parental instincts, and then. You see where I'm going here? I feel like that could snowball into a bad movie. Well, it it was a bad movie, I'm sure.
1: Well, and that's the thing is artificial intelligence, especially when dealing with robots. Yes, there's a lot of buzzwords that are thrown out that say, oh, hey, this is bad. You know, they're going to they're going to revolt and matrix us. Um, I just don't see that happening. Potentially.
2: Well, we and I, I saw something where they're uh, they're using robots or they're, they're programming robots to uh, like almost for like senior care centers where it's like they remind the elderly to do exercises or blah, blah, blah. But it's it's supposed to be sort of human contact. So they're it's like they're sort of getting a little bit of uh, human qualities, consciousness, bit being helpful. And I think there's always the fear of then it goes evil for some reason because we've seen you know terminate or whatever but I think that's the thing. if they don't give the robots the weapons like the, the pack engines they go we're not going to sending out these people with AK-47s to deliver your boxes they're just going to be normal boxes um, we're well, not going to make the robots evil uh, And that's... The, sci- the sci-fi wants you to believe it but it's not going to happen
1: well, and a lot of those movies are – they're usually artificial intelligences that are de- you know, designed to be more human-like and all that stuff. The robots that are going to be delivering and doing automated – or automation-related stuff, they're going to be simple, do this, don't do – or, you know. Right. They're, they're going a... to ACDC. They're gonna
3: have you
2: know, a <laughs> – They're going to have – They're going to have a mullet. They're going to – no, I mean <laughs> – <there's, laughs> they're they're not going to be fail. I'm going to be plotting and marxist and I'm going to overthrow the government. Now there's like hey, Beavis and Butthead deliver it in your boxes.
1: Yeah, they're going to have a set program and they're going to follow it. Yes. And when you when they run into issues, you know, that's going to be a big hurdle, but they're not going to be loading these with, you know, artificial intelligence that's going to be able to think on their own. It's just going to be, you know, basic I, mean, I think
2: it's like, well, I, I did you. There's a, there's a hose in the your walkway. Here's how you step over it. Like that's the level of what we're talking about. Yeah.
1: They're not gonna be sentient. Right. I mean, there's always that, you know, fear that one could develop a, uh, a glitch and turn sentient and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they still rely on batteries, and until there's a way to. Uh, fuel them for a long time even our best batteries couldn't keep a robot going for more than like four hours. I so wish a robot
2: would attack you right now. It would be just perfect <laughs> It would be like every movie, there's no possible way that the robot, oh my god!
0: Well, the, the good thing is, I, I do want to, you know, flip the Flip my bad attitude and say that there is good spots, I think, for having robots, especially uh, in scenarios with, like, uh, disaster areas, which I think you were talking about last week. Yep. Or if you had a search and rescue or some kind of dangerous situation where you could send a robot in instead of a person. Or dinner. I, yeah, or that. <laughs> but I did say disaster area, Kirk, so. Oh,
1: that counts. Yeah, but I mean, if you think, but of, anyway,
0: it it would be a good place to to use robots that I could actually jump on board with.
1: I mean, we've had been using robots for a long time for, well, some nefarious, but you know, the overall goal is we've been using robots like this, like Spot, to scout out disaster or dangerous areas, and that's only going to keep improving. Well,
0: hopefully, you know, we'll find out here. I mean, the technology is moving so fast that we will see probably sooner than later how this is all going to play out. I mean, it's kind of already in motion. So, you know, the next 10 years, 15 years, who knows where we're going to be? Yeah.
2: Right, It could be around the corner. Speaking of corners,
0: seriously, everybody. <laughs> I I think we've got a nice tie-in, so let's just head on over. Let's see what's in Kirk's Corner this week.
2: <laughs> Look at that smooth transition. Oh, what do we got today? Okay.
0: So what have we added?
2: Okay, so a Coke can. And then we got... uh what the hell? Is that a uh, an antenna?
0: Chris should know is what it, it is. That's the that's the Mars, uh, traffic whirlybird. The Mars traffic whirlybird giving you the
2: <laughs> traffic commute on the way to Mars.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I I worked very hard on that.
2: And I, I, I like how you're going out of your way not to put a glass of water. <laughs> in <you. That's> <laughs> my, <laughs> I, I, my demands aren't much, and every <laughs> week there's been some, like mil, like
0: that's. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> All right. I uh I'm digging the leaves in the tree this yeah. week and there's some grass out there. It's getting starting spring. To...
2: It's getting spring out there, it looks like. Yeah, starting to feel like spring. It's definitely an aspen. I've planted a lot of those. <laughs> I know those. Um, why? Well, we we're talking about animation and robots basically taking your jobs personally. So, uh, Kirk's gone before. We've, uh, I've had a, uh, interview tips. I totally forgot that before the interview, you got to get the resumes. Got you, get to the interview. So I came up with a couple helpful resume tips for you guys after the robots steal your jobs. You guys ready? Are you guys interested after you lose your jobs? Hit us because yeah, yes. let's go. All right. I got to. Have a, okay. It's about a half dozen. Bacon, okay. Here we go. The first one is uh, you want to keep your honors and awards uh, to no more than two pages. Okay. You know, you're going to
0: sound like a braggart, you know,
2: and I know Chris, you have the belching championship contest, the trophy, but leave that off. They don't need
0: to know. (laughs) But that's my only
2: one. If it's the only one, then put it on there, but just no more than two pages. Okay. And then after under, uh, under special skills, you do not want to put beating up, Human resources people who don't hire me <laughs> they, they don't security's probably going to escort you out um, here's the third tip uh, If you can smear a little jelly on the corner of your resume they're gonna they would they're gonna associate you with delicious blackberry jam, and uh that's gonna get you hired. <laughs> See the only problem with that one is it's all done online now, so it's hard to smear <laughs> blackberry <laughs> jam on an internet. I didn't you know I didn't think strike that one for everyone erase that don't you know you got a bonus one don't use that one okay um <laughs> let's see all right number four oh this is this is a pay Chris pay attention to this one any references to flatulence should be removed all nope. right they don't need to know that
1: hey Kirk and you then, cut out for that last one
2: oh did I okay uh well any chris any 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 references to flatulence should be removed you don't you don't want to leave that on your resume no fun uh well all right two, two more two more uh your mission statement may be to party with the guys from metallica but come up with something more businessy and the last one, you want to uh, – there's two more. You want to include the name of the human resources persons and their family and their regular routines. It shows initiative. It shows that you pay attention.
1: <laughs> I mean if you were going for like Hitman or something.
2: it Yeah, like look, I, I, I tracked your family down, so come on. I've already – I think I'm overqualified. <laughs> um, and then after, after the interview, you want to send a thank you letter extending an invite. To the local titty bar. It's just being polite. It's just being professional. Okay, those are those <laughs> are how you're going to get a job after the robots have stolen it.
0: I mean, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to uh, once again, if you could send me that a list, I would appreciate it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we'll post it on uh, TikTok. I'm sure it'll be out there. But uh, anything to help the people. That's what I'm here for. That's what Kirk's corner. It's about waffles, and it's about a weird cat thing I still don't <laughs> understand and an aspen tree and 3D printing.
0: <laughs> John, I, I thought you, I thought you mailed him one of those Tinker Cats. I, I, we got to get him one so that he I understands
1: what it is. I need to, I need to print off another one here. One day, Kirk, you'll
0: understand what a Tinker Cat is, and then you'll be like, Oh, okay. One day. And then I'll
2: understand that I thought way too much about Tinkercat. <laughs> one That'll off joke. Be the...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day he quits the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so
2: what are, what are we doing next? What are, we're out of Kirk's corner? What's going on? We're
0: out right? of we're out Kirk's corner and uh you know, one thing since I saw the whirly bird up there. I did want to give a little update on the helicopter Ingenuity up there on Mars. It has uh, been a long trek. It's not going as smoothly as we would have hoped. They are uh, saying that everything is going okay as far as it's on the on the ground. They started to do the warm-up test with the rotor spin, and it was supposed to take its first flight this weekend specifically tomorrow, but there was a command error in the startup test, so they had to abort. And now they're talking about Wednesday being the day that it's gonna fly. At least it's still this week. Yeah, I mean, it's only a couple more days, but the downside to it is we're starting to run out of time because As they pushed the timeline, they were only giving this thing, you know, uh, 30 days. Like, that's the max they're going to give this uh, helicopter. So whatever they can do in 30 days is what they can do. If it doesn't get up and flying, they're just, they're not going to spend much more time on it. What
2: happens after 30 days? Like, it explodes? Like, (laughs) it's got, like, an internal, like, it just, it, it it just, it's. It's going to retire early. You know what? I've been here 30 that I can't really fly anymore. I'm just exhausted.
1: This whirly bird will self-destruct in 30 days.
0: Yeah, the whirly bird. <laughs> well, and I'm, of course, very excited about this helicopter because I think it's so awesome that they're going to try and fly this thing. I read a story that said uh, for this thing to go up 10 meters or 10 feet, sorry, I can't remember, but whichever one it is, for them to go up that high with this helicopter is the same as flying to the top of Mount Everest on Earth just because of the The difficulty. Yeah, because of the atmospheric difficulty at 1%. And I'm like, man, that's such an accomplishment, especially because it's so far away.
1: Well, I mean, today helicopters can get to the top of Everest. It's just dangerous as hell, and they don't typically do it. But yes, the 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 fact that if it can get to ten meters, would I would assume it's meters, um, would be astounding. Because that's
2: a dick move to fly a helicopter up to the top of Everest and go, "Hey, I climbed climbed Everest. There's a picture." <laughs> like, oh, you ass.
0: All right, um, sorry. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're talking about groundbreaking, uh, you know, technological advances, and I'm just kidding. Uh, So (laughs) the good part is, is they did say that nothing is wrong with the with the helicopter. It is doing fine. It's charging. It's staying warm. So the solar array is working. Everything seems to be good there. They just have to kind of get the rotation of the rotors going. And hopefully by Wednesday, we'll see this thing flying in the air.
1: Yeah, I I would assume it's going to fly. They will, they will make sure it, it at least attempts to fly before they give up on it. I did see a lot of uh, tweets about
0: what we talked about in the first episode, or not first episode, but the first one we talked about, where they said, uh, if it's anything like the drone I just bought, it's going to be up
1: and down and crash. Well, even that would be an accomplishment. Oh, I agree, but drones are hard
0: to fly. I can't state that enough. Yes, yes, they are.
1: Especially the cheap well, ones.
2: My 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 drones had Crohn's, so it was a shit show. Awful. You've not a of that. My, my, my drone has a gastrointestinal problem. Terrible really happened
0: <laughs> well john what's uh what since we're here what's going on with
1: spacex this week so like they had said uh sn15 starship 15 is on the launch pad now uh it was moved there i want to say thursday so sometime this coming week they'll start doing the tests the cryo tests possibly the static fire and it may try and jump or hop within the next two weeks and it it has a lot of improvements that they haven't stated yet so who knows if it's actually going to work i mean if it's anything like the first few it'll get to where it needs to go we'll just have to see if it can stick the landing
2: explodes It always explodes at the end right
1: Yes.
0: Um all
2: right. Wily Coyote. You know what I mean? It's just trial and error. Like, alright, that didn't work. That exploded again. Try something different, right?
1: Yes. Um the other thing I wanted to bring up is they launched one of their star or yeah, Starlink's satellites yeah. or group of satellites again uh this week. And I know Chris you follow SpaceX a little bit. But the fact that they are launching and reusing these boosters multiple times and it's not really getting press release is kind of crazy. Because I, I don't yeah, know... I, I saw a story this week that was talking about
0: that. Um, that they have been successfully doing this and that nobody is really. I mean, granted, they haven't. Been able to successfully land like the SN11 uh type of rocket, but they were. I think that's stealing the show because it keeps exploding, and yeah. they're not. People aren't really paying attention to the fact that they, you know, are doing so well with their Starlinks.
2: So it's progressing, even though they're exploding. Well,
1: not just the Starlinks, that the Falcons. Like one of the Falcons, I want to say it may not have made it, but it was it was it was its eighth flight. So that rocket had been used eight times uh, before it decided to fall into the ocean. And, and they have, they have
0: clearly figured this out. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the starlings, they've launched so many of those. I mean, mo- they're what, throwing
1: up 60 at a time yep and most of them have been on the same rocket just over and over and over again that they get these rockets refurbish them real quick and then launch them again i mean it wasn't what i want to say three or four years ago that they finally landed their first rocket and now we're getting to the point where they're just rapidly reusing them no,
0: it's really amazing that they're, they've been able to do this. I didn't really know much about SpaceX until we started talking about it. And I mean, it's it's really cool to see how much they've progressed in the last, you know, however many years that they've been doing this. I should know that, but I don't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I and should uh, too, since I've been watching them since the first time they landed.
0: There's SpaceX, it's a variable. It's all right. It's, a, it's unknown. <laughs> well, uh as far as I could tell, um they are you know, the one thing I saw was the uh the, the space junk that they're trying to clean up. They're really doing a good job of keeping that to a minimum, even though the Starlink missions are creating some junk, but now well, they're trying to clean that up with other satellites with magnets. So yeah, about- I
2: what about the space junk in the trunk? Okay, that. That's been, that leads to a black hole. Hey, oh, oh no! it's... Uh-huh.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I... Sorry, you guys were saying. I saw the, the, the topic of the little satellites to help deorbit some of the junk, or catch and deorbit some of the junk. I mean, the, the argument against the Starlinks is that they ruin... Um well, space photography for one. But they're just a disruptive uh what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're disruptive to us viewing space from Earth because there's so many of them and they're in such a low orbit. Uh that's part of the problem is
0: you know, how many of these Satellites are they going to get up there before people are just like, dude? There's so many Starlink satellites up there. No,
2: I heard space. Tra- that's a big thing. Like, you, it, there's so much stuff floating in there, and there, it's flying so fast. It's almost yeah. There's no room for any new stuff that's not going to be obliterated. That's
1: that's not true. So well, kind no. of true. Um, there is, I can't think of the name right now, but there is a term for. Um, so much debris that you can't get out. But if you think about it, um, if you took the Earth and expanded it, you know, I'm trying to think of good numbers here, but if you expanded it, like, you could line up every satellite that's out in orbit, and it probably wouldn't take up a significant amount of space on Earth. Like, So if
2: you pro- if you coordinated and programmed it, you could space out the satellites where there's no issues.
1: Well, and that's that's just inherent. I mean, you're talking about something the size of, well, let's, let's say a car. And there's probably a couple, well, especially with Starlink now, a couple, you know, tens of thousands of satellites in orbit right now. And some of them are small as basketballs. Some of them are as big as, you know, bus, or an, I wouldn't want to say a bus, but I think the Hubble's pretty large. I mean, even the ISS... It's large, but you will have a hard time spotting it, you know, with your naked eye. And space
2: has a lot of space.
1: Space has a lot of space. So you're talking about a car, you know, even if it was a thousand cars, they're spread out along the the circumference of the earth and all going fast. The chances of you...
2: That's a mighty big big freeway. Yes,
1: yes. So right now, yes, there's a lot of junk and debris and stuff like that and satellites up there, but it's they're not dense enough yet to where it would cause an issue.
2: How many of them are Taco Bell wrappers?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they've... I know they've delivered pizza to the ISS. I don't know about Taco Bell.
2: They do after hours. They do after... Uh, atmosphere.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, John, I was... Uh, also thinking, let's let's go into some 3D printing talk, because uh, we're starting to get towards the end of the show here, but I thought we should touch on it, because that's kind of our thing. And, oh, there you go, you got it. got it up on the screen. These are the cups that we have been working on, uh, good and bad, as far yeah. as, like, you know, uh, unfortunately there's been some headaches along the way but it's because of uh, circles I hate circles now. <laughs> circles Chalices, are...
2: Those are great what are you talking about
0: <laughs> well Kirk, Kirk we've been fighting the imperfections of the seam on the circle and that's really unfortunate but it happens and onion rings.
2: any any water I would drink out of that would taste like onion rings
1: <laughs> Funions. yep yeah um, this is delicious well done And this kind of ties into what we wanted to talk about with 3D printing this week, would be slicing software. So, Chris had very similar-esque issues when he was printing the cup that he printed. And a lot of it boiled down to the seam. Now, when you have an object that's got a lot of angles or sharp angles, most slicing software can hide the or the hide the seam in those angles and let me see if I can pull I want to say this is the right image I could be wrong yes so like for example this is a, another cup we've been working on and when the slicer is trying to hide the seam it hides it in those that honeycomb pattern to where you can't see it which makes it look a whole lot nicer
2: That's totally honeycombs. I was thinking of the cereal. That's that's nice (laughs) that you
1: said that. Um, But when you come back to circles, I mean, a circle is ideally round, so it doesn't have that sharp edge where the slicing software can hide the seam. And that's just an unfortunate thing I've discovered when working on these cups. Um, And I know know, they still turned out really, really good. We have a
0: we have a good idea, and it's it's a very cool design. It's just, you know, hammering out the little details and getting it correct. Uh, the honeycomb, fortunately, was just kind of a – that you could hide it. So, boom, there it is. It's, it's kind of ready to go. We can start selling these things. Uh, and in that picture that you see, we have a smaller version – we have upsized it just to be a little bigger, but the uh, where we were going with the slicer is, the slicer (laughs) is the software that you put this cup into in this case, and that's what creates the code to tell the printer how to print. And it slices the 3D model into layers so that the printer understands I'm going to do, we'll say 1500 layers of PLA and so
1: it tells the printer layer by layer
0: how to print this thing, which is kind of cool.
1: Yes. Um I I kind of started on it and then you you fixed it there, but yeah, so you've put the 3D model in the slicer and there's various different slicers. Like I use Pressa's um slicer which is based off of slicer and you use Cura. Correct. Can you
2: say Slicer more? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but every time I say Slicer, I think of uh, Freddy Krueger.
2: Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah.
1: But yeah, the and each software comes with different uh, different levels of things that it offers. Like,
2: so you guys are willing to sell this one, but what about the sentimental value? Like, I mean, it's your first one. It's your baby. Are you sure you're willing to let it go?
1: The one that's in the picture? No, that that one's staying with my wife. That this was her idea, by the way. Um, she's the one that came up with this, and a few others that I want to try and do, as long as they're not circles.
2: And is that based on her thigh or anything? Because
3: we've already <laughs> <laughs> her,
1: her butt was shown. No, a, it's her elbow. I do have another one. Oh, this one
0: was cool too. It's a. Uh... Kind of a just a geometric shape that turned out pretty cool, but
2: oh my god, that hand needs to be lotioned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not <Anyway>. wrong, <laughs> you're definitely not wrong. But yeah, this uh, this model I was messing around with last night, and um, but anyway, like
2: origami to me, to be honest. What is oh. that supposed to What is that really?
1: Uh it's I don't know.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. I was Ab- just
2: abstract art, Ab- abstract art.
1: Essentially, I was just messing around in Blender after I was getting frustrated with circles and I thought, "You know what? I'm just going to use a square and see what I can get away with." And I that's what I
2: could confuse with Yeah. Also, when I, I signed it for a Hotmail account, I spelled it wrong and completely, <laughs> different, completely different emails. Down.
1: Uh, that's way too good. I
0: think we're having issues with it's, uh <laughs> It's one of those things that you will use as a 3D printer. Uh, every time you want to do something on your printer, you will use the slicing software to tell the printer, Hey, this is what I want you to do. And I just thought it would be a, you know, it's kind of hard to, to talk about on this podcast necessarily, because you won't really know what it's about until you see it. But I thought we would at least, you know, touch on it a little bit. Uh, cuz maybe right. somebody
2: it has it has nothing to do with slice the generic
1: cola.
0: No. Okay. <laughs> no. Right. It is that might
1: the... make it better though. <laughs> it is it's just a
0: software that you input your 3D models into and then it inputs those 3D models into the printer and it usually tells you the amount of filament that you're going to use, and the amount of time that it, it expects the print to take based off of which printer you're using. So it's very cool. It's, it's not that hard to get used to. It's simple, but it's not. And um, just a little insight into what you might be looking at if you get into 3D printing, you will need to learn a little bit of slicer software.
2: So this would be like a level two, like if you're getting into it, like not a beginner step, but after you've mastered a couple of beginner steps, maybe move up to slicing.
1: No, slicing's no. beginning. Oh, yeah, slicing
0: beginning, oh. Yeah, because your printer can't print unless the slicer model tells the printer how to print. So you have to be able to put the model into the slicer before the printer can do its thing. Can it do
1: salami? Don't, okay. I I don't want a 3D print salami, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> come on. Why you got to be like was, that?
2: Wasn't that one? Somebody was 3D printing meat. That was something. <laughs> I just didn't make that up. No. <laughs> Damn it. John Pull this up make me not look like an asshole here. Come on.
0: Speaking <laughs> of that, I, I think say, we should go to our new favorite, a little off topic.
2: Right. We're done with Reddit. Reddit we're done with you. This is new.
0: <laughs> yes. So now we're going to go a little off topic. Uh, we will get to some meat talk, but let's first talk about uh, – John, you got a greenhouse story. Let's talk about it.
1: Yes. Um, so if I can find it because I, I keep losing it. Um, one of the things that is potentially coming is the uh, climate-controlled farms – that do multiple levels of indoor crops in a small area. So they're kind of stacked on top of each other. Uh, The benefit to this is that they use um, 95% less water and much less um, pesticides, chemicals, stuff like that. And uh, they can...
0: They're also also solar.
1: Yes. And... It's kind of a combination of the two. The solar helps, you know, with the farm and keeping it climate-controlled and keeping everything going. And then the excess can go back into the grid. And then you have these multiple layers of growing zones that can produce a ridiculous amount of crops in a smaller space than it would be in a traditional farm.
2: Well, and I, I thought the story you sent, it was the crop was asparagus? was the one that, so... Like it's like figuring out how to grow asparagus, you know, a bunch. And I was just like, as speaking for all eight-year-olds, I just want to say, thanks a lot, dick.
1: <laughs> you know, I would agree, but I, I kind of like asparagus now.
2: But yeah, you're older, but come on. Every,
1: tr- <laughs>
0: Except for the unfortunate uh, smell. But the thing I didn't understand is why they did asparagus to start with because it's like one of the hardest things to grow and you it takes two seasons to be able to harvest it so you wouldn't really know how your uh crop was doing for two years that's not true
1: because you're talking two seasons as in the traditional season if you have a climate controlled you know even if it's 10 feet of snow outside inside still you know summer weather you can reduce the growing time by a ton. Um, And I'm assuming, the article wasn't really an article, it was more of a picture, but a lot of these have been doing um, hydroponic farming, where there was one from, I believe it was Japan a few years ago, where they did lettuce, and they were producing ridiculous amounts of heads of lettuce every day in something the size of a football field.
2: Can I just point out just like I want to point out that uh while Chris was uh, talking about asparagus, he complained about bad smell. Can I just point <laughs> out the irony of that? Like the balls on <laughs> Are you really? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: Tad to point it out, didn't you, Kirk? I yeah. I just
2: wanted to call back I just wanted it in defense of asparagus. You don't
0: smell <laughs> <this>. <laughs> Well, I think it's super cool that they're, you know, working on this, especially because they're using a photo- photovoltaic system to control the greenhouse, which they can then produce a lot of crop on with a small amount of area. It seems
1: like the future of farming almost. If we could tie it into the earlier topic of it'll probably be automated as well. Ah, see more robots trying to take (laughs) over. Robot
2: farmers, robot farmers are coming soon. Yes. You ain't been round round from here, are you, boy? What? I only,
0: (laughs) I only accept it if they wear overalls and have a piece of straw in their mouth. I saw a guy.
2: I was at the dog park. I saw a guy with the overalls. I'm like, God bless that guy. He's a farmer. I know that that guy (laughs) got his dog. He's a farmer. He's overalls.
0: Oh, beautiful!
2: It's a good Colorado moment. (laughs)
0: So speaking of that, uh, yeah, we did the, you know, we got the greenhouse. So we're going to make the vegetables, right? And we're we're going to do that with robots. How about we make a 3D printed steak? What about that? Can we do that? Probably. Sounds like Uh, a mistake. So somebody already has, um, but I don't know if they really should (laughs) have. So... Uh, there's a company in Israel that 3D printed a ribeye steak, and honestly, the picture does not look good. Like it to me, it doesn't look like a ribeye. It seems a little bit, I don't know, wrong. <laughs> would be my way of describing it. Phony, fake, yeah, fake,
2: <laughs> unnatural.
0: Yes. Uh, but the thing is, is, so they use a mixture of fat and meat, just like a, you know, ribeye steak would be, which I suppose is okay. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where they they kind of do a biologic uh, rendering of what a steak and a... Uh, you know, like fat and cells, and then they they put this into a three D printer and they three D print this steak.
2: But they they can't. The texture, I imagine, is not it would be gross. I figure.
0: Well, and that's what they say that the texture is fairly close to what you should expect from a from a steak. But my problem is, is they they're trying to do this so they don't have to slaughter cows but I just don't know that it's the perfect way to make a steak. I mean, I could be wrong, and this could be a wonderful steak, but I don't know that it's ever going to be a good replacement for just a good old-fashioned ribeye steak.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's Star Trek. If you think of their replimats and um, all of that, that's essentially, if you break it down... Kind of what they were doing is, well, I don't know if they've actually explained, but the way I look at it is they're 3D printing the the stuff just in a more futuristic way. And the concept behind it is, I think, is sound. But as with any first generation of technology, it's not going to be anywhere close to perfect.
0: Well and that's the argument is they're just getting started and i mean i'm not going to try a 3d printed steak because you know what i like the idea of grow up on a farm you know kill what you eat that kind of thing i'm a hunter and 3d printed steak i know how my 3d printer works i don't want to <laughs> eat anything that comes out of that like what
2: When I'm on the toilet, I don't want to be getting a paper cut. (laughs) Who's with me?
1: Well, and... I mean, they have 3D printers for food. They're not great, and most of them are just kind of experiments, but... I think... Now, I'm... I don't know how this (laughs) thought hasn't come into my head just...
0: Until now... (laughs) Sorry. I, I was going to say he was he was <laughs> it. Sounded he sounded like he... <laughs> he
2: won't punch the microphone. I know you're excited,
0: but all right, let's take a deep breath. Okay, <laughs> I, I, did, I did knock over my micro- microphone, but here is a thought. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you could have a heated extruder pushing out this meat and it could cook it as it printed, I might jump on board. It cooked eh. it while it extruded it, is what you're saying. Yes, it would be essentially cooking it as it's printing it. And then by the time it's done, you have a fully cooked ribeye steak. I might be able to jump on board with that.
1: Uh, I I would prefer. Granted, I, I've become a little bit of a snob when it comes to steak and whatnot. I sous vide almost everything. But that's just me. Oh. Mr. Sous V over here. Go ahead what and is, I
2: don't that. even know what Sous V means. What is Sous V?
1: So it it's I believe it's French for water bath. You you put the whatever you're cooking I just don't. <laughs> But you put whatever you're cooking into a vacuum bag and then the machine keeps the water your and then you put it in the water and then the machine keeps the water at a certain temperature. So like if you like Medium rare steaks. You set it to the temperature of a medium rare steak, and it keeps it at that, or it cooks it to that temperature and keeps it at that temperature. It doesn't go over. It doesn't go under. It's perfectly set to the temperature you want it at. And like then, like a
2: futuristic microwave that cooks food that's sealed in plastic,
1: essentially. Well, like my my problem is is
0: I'm one step above a gorilla and. <laughs> I like the idea of meat and
1: fire.
2: Wait, well, you moved up from a step. You were, I believe you were a step down a couple of weeks ago. You <laughs> know, you were a step up, like, well, gone. You, you, you
0: to... This podcast lot. is making me smarter. Like, oh, evolving in real oh, yeah. time.
2: So as a viewer, please share it. The more people that listen, uh, <laughs> Chris, he, he'll become the, the not the missing link. He, he'll move up. <laughs> I mean, on up, you know what? His back hair is going away as our viewers grow.
0: <laughs> I don't know about all that, but. <laughs> but I mean, speaking, a, a Kirk, speaking of that, <laughs> let's jump into your story on. You got a story about monkeys this week. I
2: found a story about monkeys. Do we do we have any video? Do we have any visuals? Again,
1: it... I was I was never sent anything, so that's a no. Okay,
3: Kirk, I... okay.
2: that's okay. Uh, it, Twenty to twenty-five monkeys escaped from a German zoo. That's the that's the story. And the thing that made me laugh was they did it while there was construction going on. So just the efficiency, the efficiency of the German monkey figured out when. The guard was, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I saw that plumber walk by with his keys, and I swiped one. I'm a German monkey. I'm very, I'm skilled. and it, But it's just like the Great Escape. Picture the Great Escape with monkeys. That's <laughs> what I'm
0: picturing. Like,
2: they're digging tunnels.
0: I believe Almost. there was, in the, in the story, there was like 25 of these monkeys that escaped, and they were asking the public for help because they couldn't locate the monkeys. And I feel like a terror ensued, because 25 monkeys on the loose, that's rough, man. Oh, and they can be vicious, too.
2: Well, they said they're they are more likely to flee than fight, which I never even thought of that. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm i am walking around Germany in a city, I see a monkey, the last thing I'm thinking is, this thing's going to try to cold cock me. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> it's not on the radar. You know what I mean? Like and then Look. but it's like then they said get in a defensive monkey fighting position, which what the hell is that? <laughs> what do you got? What you know a monkey's coming at you. Really? I'm uh it's uh I'm doing a yoga position. You know what I mean? I don't. Know.
0: Well, um, feel like I would have to fight every urge to throw poo at it. <laughs> well, you're in
2: yeah, uh, I I'm not going to even yeah, I mean a a German shit porn joke um, it's too <laughs> obvious you're, you're,
0: it's right there um, hey and well as I discussed just a minute ago those are my people so I feel like I'd be alright but uh, escaped monkeys probably never good
2: yeah they'll be rounded back up They're they're not as when they're back in a barrel they're more
0: fun <laughs> monkeys in a barrel that was a good game. <laughs> well, so hey, I think... What's next? Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, we're we're kind of hitting that plateau right now. Um, I think we'll probably end the show with that. We were having uh, the Reddit React after the show. I think we've kind of decided that Reddit React just... Yeah. It, it might be gone. We yeah, do. Uh, right, we, I... like to, we, we like the... We like the little... That's That's, what I
2: said about Reddit React. That's my Reddit React.
3: We like...
0: We we do like the... uh, A little off-topic. It gives us a chance to get into some, uh, you know, other things that we may not have got into on the other side. Um, John, I think we're going to be jumping into Halo after the stream. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, sorry. Um, I believe so. I still have to hook up my Xbox, so that's going to take me just a minute. I was not sure as prepared as I thought I was for this week.
0: You know, Halo stream after the podcast, you know. Yeah, kind of been doing it a few weeks,
1: but uh, we will be jumping.
0: John,
2: get his shits together. Come on, seriously, John. Anyway, seriously, TikTok.
0: So we'll do a, we'll jump into our normal Halo stream after the podcast has concluded here. But baseball.
2: We're going to be doing baseball soon, right?
0: Yes. Oh <laughs> yes, uh, that's guys, gonna be fun. We we are super excited. MLB The Show comes out on the twentieth of April, and uh, it's really excited that it's on Xbox. MLB Baseball hasn't been on Xbox since like twenty thirteen, so I'm super excited. It's gonna be a really good. Movement back to the Xbox. I bought a PlayStation just for the show.
2: Right. All the it's post steroids, so
0: all (laughs) the players are clean. Um, everybody do stay tuned. Mark your calendars for the twentieth, because we have something very special lined up for the release of that game. We're not gonna give it away now. Ooh, nice tease.
1: Nice tease. You you are (laughs) well, it's probably not gonna be on the twentieth.
0: Well, yes, it won't be on the 20th. It'll be the weekend. Probably, probably the 24th. Okay, we'll say the 24th, but... Something big's coming. Something big is coming. <laughs> you are going to want to... John, thanks for correcting me, Dick. All right. <laughs> uh, you are gonna, you are going to want to stay tuned for that. We have been planning this out, and uh, we will not hopefully disappoint. With that, I am Chris, skulls and arms on the Discord. Kirk. I am Mr. Boombastic. And of course, we got D Infinity X, aka John. Yep. And hopefully, everybody has a good evening and follows us over to the Halo stream, which will be up in a matter of, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes as yeah. usual. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep.